0: Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, trick it yeah. down. Yeah. Four.
1: You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everill from Golf Bet. In just a second, we'll go through our favorite bets for this week's Zozo Championship. And also, yes, I will let Benny have the platform and gloat all about his fantastic selections from last week's Shriners Children's Open. But first, well, just hang on one minute. We've got to tell the people a little something about Bet 365. And once again, Links and Locks is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 or older only, must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, before we get to this week's Zozo Championship in Japan, Benny, the floor is all yours. Congratulations. Tell us all how great you are.
2: Yes, mate. Well, you call me chalky, Benny, but chalk sometimes pays out. And Tommy Kim, I told you, I, I, it's the first time we've gone real head to head. I was really getting set to massively gloat because obviously we went head to head with O'Bear and Tom Kim, and until the final round, I was kicking your, you know what? Uh, but to his credit, uh, Ludwig O'Bear came home really strong in that final round to to show me that. Next year, if he's in that field, I won't worry so much about those that wedge game that had me worried um, because he did show once he got going, he could do something well. But yes, I, I told you guys that Tom Kim would win. He did. I had, I had one who finished second as a top 10. I know you had him as a top five, so that would have covered. If everyone listened to your wits, you would have covered them as well. Um, and then we also had JT Poston as a top 20. That was easily done. And Montgomery in the top 40, he was a plus money bet as well. So those four are enough to get you big returns last week. Hopefully you listened to some of those. If you took the other five of my picks, I'm really sorry. You just picked the wrong ones. You should have been listening carefully on the other four. Uh, but yeah, look, now we, that's what, two three three, four tournaments and I've got you guys two winners in the first and the third one. So uh, let's see if I can continue it this week.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Adam Hadwin was having nightmares Sunday night about the shot he hit into 16, that second shot on the par five that came up short in the water, but if someone had a Hadwin ticket like myself. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all having nightmares about that shot there. All right. One more thing I want to get to from last week. Obviously that tournament was in Las Vegas. Tom Kim won the previous year. Now he won back to back. That's right. Back to back wins, back to back years, the same event in the same season. I don't know. Try to wrap your mind around that. Anyway, I know it doesn't seem to make sense at all. That said, Last year when he won, he was 20 years old in Las Vegas. Well, everyone knows your face because you just won a big-time golf tournament there. So you can't really get in anywhere you'd like to get in. But now he's 21. And someone asked him about his celebration in Las Vegas. Tom Kim said, quote, I'm going to finish a piece of chocolate that I had wanted to finish. Then I'm going to get room service, go to bed, wake up at 3 o'clock, take my 6.30 a.m. flight. I can't wait to finish that chocolate. Benny, if you were to win a PGA Tour event, hell, if you were to win a hand of blackjack in Vegas, how are you celebrating? With a piece of chocolate in the room? Is that what you're going to do?
2: Uh, no, let's just say I'm not uh, just hanging out in the room. I-, I am probably just sticking to the tables. I'm not the club type. I wouldn't be going to get the crystal or-, or making it rain anywhere. I would be finding a nice uh, poker game or-, or something, like you said, blackjack and just enjoying the night having a few quiet beverages and maybe a good steak somewhere because there's plenty of good food in Vegas. But good for him. You know, said, as I said, look, it really, is, it really is a horse for that course and he should go back every year for all time uh, because it just fits his wheelhouse. Um, and I expect he'll contend every time he tries. And one more shout-out for that tournament before we move on. I didn't think Lexi Thompson would sniff the cut line. And all credit to her, she had half a chance on Friday – uh, I know she was a couple of shots off in the end, but she made the tournament worth watching a little bit more on that Friday. Friday, And isn't that what a sponsor's invite is all about? So well done, Shriners. You picked in the end. I didn't think she was in form. I was worried that she might not be able to contend. It wasn't about that anyway. But the fact that she did just made it all the better. Good on you, Lexi. You had a good crack.
1: Yeah, Ben, that's a great point. And I, I thought that it didn't matter prior to last week, whether she made the cut or missed the cut, that her success or failure shouldn't be measured on the score alone. It should be in the impact and the influence that she had on people who'd want to watch her people who now want to tune into the LPGA on young girls who want to be like her someday. So I thought all of that was fantastic. And really she came close. I mean, it was very, very cool watching Lexi Thompson on this PGA tour stage.
2: Mate, you had me on your, your radio show, obviously, right before as well. And I don't know if we talked about this in the pod or not, but we did talk about it on radio. You were awesome when you said, you know, what was she, minus 15? Like it was minus something massive uh, to to miss the cut. And you were like, I wouldn't touch that sort of odds on anything, whatever. All I could think of on that as she was playing that second round was, who was brave enough to go on that big number on miss cut? And were they sweating it at all coming down the stretch there? That, that would have been fun to watch someone
1: yeah, Penn, I believe it was minus 1400 if I'm remembering correctly. Essentially, you would have had to bet $1,400 to win $100 if you had bet on Lexi to miss the cut. Uh, look, you hit it. You won. That was a hell of a sweat you would have had on Friday afternoon. By the way, your description of your night in Vegas, if you, wanna, if you want a PGA Tour event out there, what would you do? Uh, good steak, throw some chips around the table, a couple of drinks. Uh, dude, that's a Tuesday night for me and you on the road. That's just what we do. I mean, that's not a celebration. We go to a nice steakhouse, we play cards all night, have a couple of beers. I mean, uh, that's it. So I don't know. We might have to add something else to the celebration, but I don't think we have to worry about it because I don't think you and I are ever going to win anything anytime soon. So instead, we're going to have to pick some winners this week. They are in Japan at Narashino Country Club for the fourth time, the fifth edition of the Zozo Championship. One was played here in the States during COVID, but this will be the fourth in Japan so far. Winners, guy named Tiger Woods, local hero Hideki Matsuyama, and last year, Keegan Bradley, who was a puddle of emotion afterwards. Let's get to our picks for this week. Benny, as always, we're playing 18 holes. We're making 18 bets. You're on the tee. Swing away.
2: Thanks, mate. Yeah. First, I just want to go into a few uh, points that I was getting into with, with my preview here. Uh, you mentioned those three winners. I think that's very important. What are they? They were at the time just sublime ball strikers. Uh, you know, Woods. Woods was coming off an injury-ravaged season that year. But, I mean, just look at history. We know he's arguably the greatest iron player of all time. Uh, he was able to bring it that week in Japan. Uh, Matsuyama and Bradley... Had finished inside the top 30 in the prior season, which had just finished, obviously, when they played this event in both Strauss Gained approach and strokes Gained T to Green. They're obviously in form uh, in, in that department, and they took that uh, to Narashino. Uh, looking at those three winners as well, we don't have full shot link data in that event, but we do have basic old school stats. And if you look at the Greens and Regulation stats for those three tournaments, well, Woods and Bradley ranked third that week in Greens and Reg, Matsuyama was first. And Tiger's seventy six point three nine percent of greens hit is the lowest of that trio, with Matsuyama hitting more than eighty one percent, close to eighty two percent in his win. So clearly, ball striking at this joint is what you need to be doing. Now, that, those are the tangibles. That's the tangibles, right? This time of year, and maybe even more so this year because of how we've got this FedEx Cup fall the things that we hate as as trying as handicappers trying to pick winners in golf betting is the intangibles. But it's the things that you and I like to think that we maybe have a leg up on some other guys. We know the players, we know what they're thinking. we like to think we know the inside and outs. Uh you have to honestly you have to do like strokes gain motivation for me. There are seventeen players this week that are inside that were inside that top fifty uh of the FedEx Cup. So they don't necessarily need to do anything this week. Whereas the last few weeks, you've had one, two, three guys. You know, you Tom Kim last week. Uh, Cam Davis has been a guy that's been playing, even though he doesn't have to. There's 17 of those guys. You have to decide, are they there for a, a bit of a trip just to keep the rust off, or are they there to really let go and have a crack and try to win? And, and the same goes, Said you have to factor in for the guys fighting for their tour cards, the 125 or the 50 to 60 to get into the first two signature series. Like, does that motivation, are they the type of player that, folds under that sort of pressure or are they the type of player that steps up and tries to prove something under that sort of pressure? So you do have to sort of marry the two. I know we all hate intangibles, but you do have to think about them. Otherwise, you just go on the data alone. You're not always going to get there. That all being said, sorry for that ramble, but here we go. Uh, last week, um, I liked the defending champion as an outright winner. My first is the defending champion again. Uh, I'm going to go with Keegan Bradley. I think he's 22-22 to one as an option uh here's another thing that, that that history has shown very small sample size obviously tiger won the first one but after that the two winners in bradley and matsuyama had a top 10 in the event in japan prior to winning it right so he's he's done that he was t7 t13 before he won it uh he was as i said a straight game and approach guy now in the last 12 months this, this might be a worry for you. He has dipped a little in those numbers. He brought it up with his putting. However, his other win last year at Travellers, he was absolutely insane. He was first in the field in strokes to approach that week and seventh tee to green. He still has it in his game. And the intangible, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think that not making it home is something that's going to fire him right up and he won't be there just to make up the numbers and sign some autographs, et cetera. So I'm expecting Keegan Bradley to be fired up to play well. I think his game obviously translates well there. Uh, I think he'll be right in the mix, and I think he's an option in that outright market at 22-1. to one.
1: Yeah, Ben, two things about Keegan Bradley. First of all, you make a great point. This is his first start since the Ryder Cup. You know he wants to show off just a little bit and go, really, guys? Couldn't use me on that team, huh? Secondly, I I know that even before his victory last year, Keegan loved going to this event. I remember just kind of joking with him a little at some point and saying, oh, man, you got to go to Japan in the middle of football season in October. He's a huge fan. He's like, no, dude, I, I love it. I can't wait to get over there. It's something he really genuinely enjoys. He loves this trip. And so this isn't just that he's going back as the defending champion because he feels that he has to go back. This is something he really, he really likes doing. So, all right, hole number two. You know I always pick a long shot here. Well, some long shots are longer than others. Benny, I hope you're ready for this one. I'm ready. Hit me. All right, I'm going to start out saying two things. First of all, many of you listening have probably not heard the name Rio Ishikawa in a very long time. Secondly, you probably have no idea and haven't paid attention to what he's been doing. In a very long time. that's right. Rio Ishikawa. These days he plays 98 percent of his golf in his native Japan, where they're playing this week, of course. He's obviously from there, He's a kid who he won a professional event when he was 15. He was finishing runner-up in PGA Tour events at the age of 20. I mean, you talk about what Tom Kim is right now at a young age. This is what we thought Rio Ishikawa was going to be what, 12 years ago. Ten years ago, he had a media contingent that was bigger than the media contingent covering everyone else combined. I mean, there was just dozens of Japanese reporters and photographers that would be out there covering him. It's incredible that, you know, he he was able to play through all that that pressure. But he also had the nickname of the bashful prince. I don't think he, he really liked that spotlight. He went back to Japan, started a family. Rio is now 32 years old. If you remember what he's done recently. Runner-up in his last start. Top 20 in five of his last seven. A win inside of a year. I mean, he's not the superstar that we all thought he would become someday, but he's certainly one of the best players on the Japan golf tour. There's only 78 players in this field. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Ryo Ishikawa is about to beat a field that includes Xander Shoffley and Colin Morikawa and Ricky Fowler. This is not a... Bet the mortgage type of wager. But I do want to take a shot on him at 350 to one? Absolutely. Dude, he's played against these guys in the past. He knows what it takes to compete against the world's best players. I, I I have no idea the shape of his game this week. I know he's been in form over the last few months. Really, the last few years. Doesn't have great results here. I'm not sure the course completely suits him, but got home home field advantage at least but I do know there's a huge number next to his name and I know that he's been playing some very good golf over the last couple of years in his home country so I'm gonna take a shot you know at 350 to1 in a short field give me some Rio Ishikawa tickets
2: all right so first up you asked me have I been thinking about Rio Ishikawa lately well I'm gonna move my card around all right you're with me and I'll throw you on the third ult to my top 40 play which was <laughs> Rio. <laughs> Ishigawa at a plus 140. There are very few plus numbers at top 40 in a short field. Uh, I have two names for you, but one of them is a negative number. So the plus number I found is exactly all the reasons you said. you go. look, he's played the event twice and not done uh, gangbusters in it. But for all the reasons you said, he's actually in form right now. I don't think he is worried about trying to win to get to the tour again. He's very settled. He's He's... His Prince days, so to speak, are not as heavy as they used to be. There's plenty of other Japanese stars for the media to clamber all over. Uh, I think he's out there potentially playing with house money. He's inside that top eight on the Japan uh, money list that got him in. So, yeah, he was my plus money option for a top 40. I'll throw one more since we're here on the top 40 play. And it's a guy that had gone missing for most of the season to the last few weeks. Uh, But with back-to-back top 15s, we're starting what might be a top a turnaround trend. Joel Darman is someone who I think can potentially be in that top 40. He's two prior top 16s at the Zozo. So a top 40 at minus 225 is a conservative play for me. As he continues, what I feel like is his hopeful resurgence. So Rio Chikawa, Joel Darman, top 40 plays for me.
1: Yeah, I think golf, the pro- game of professional golf is better when Joel is playing well because he's a massive fan favorite. So saw that in the... Full swing Netflix show, so rooting for you to hit that one. Uh, Top 40s, by the way. Look, I say this all the time. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard me say it before, but I think a lot of betting golf is understanding what type of bettor you are. There's people out there, I know they take 20 bucks and throw in a couple of long shot outrights each week, and if you got something close, Got a sweat on Sunday? Hey, you got a little lottery ticket? You can win some money? Eh, If not, 20 bucks, no big deal. You go on about your weekend, who cares? Now, there are other bettors. This might be you. Hey, I I worked hard for my money. I earned this money. Whatever money I want to put in, five bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks, whatever you're betting on a weekly basis, I I want to turn a profit. I need to turn some sort of profit. And so you're not going to maybe impress the guys down at the 19th hole with, hey, I've got Joel Damon, negative number, or somebody else, Rio Ishikawa, with a small plus number for a top 40 in a 78-man field this week. Guys are going go, whoa, nice ticket. Wow, woo, look at that one. But if you just want a positive ROI, the, those top 40s, especially in these smaller fields, are, are very, very smart. So uh, that's just a little... Little PSA here for the folks listening at home.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you're sitting in that room at the 19th hole, and you know everyone's buying rounds of drinks, your round's coming out of the profit. Their round's coming out of their kick. So you know they got to think of it. You got to think of it in certain ways. And that was look last last week. I was looking. We went with Taylor Montgomery on that. He was the local guy. Thought he could do it. He, he only just did it in the end. I think 34th or something like that. But it was I think plus 110. Um, you know, am I suggesting put a million dollars on it? Of course not. But it was that—that's the type of bet that you look at and go, okay. Put whatever on here. Hopefully, I can double that money. And maybe it's what you play with for the the, the more aggressive risk reward bets. It's just um, common sense to try to find some of those smart bets every now and then to keep things going. No, no one wants to be on a massive uh, L streak, and we're all we love being on the winning streak. And I think if you can maintain your bank with some smart stuff, then it gives you the opportunity to not be chalky Benny all the time.
1: All right, let's get to hole four here, a player who, when last we saw him and heard from him, he was busy winning a gold medal at the Asian Games alongside his pal Siwoo Kim. Now, why was that so important? Well, because it means that Sun Jae Im, instead of at some point doing close to two years of mandatory military service in his native South Korea, it's going to be about two weeks instead. That's a massive difference for a 25-year-old with a burgeoning career. It's also a massive weight lifted from his shoulders. Now, if you bet Siwoo last week based on the same narrative, sorry, that didn't work out. A couple of over par rounds and he missed the cut. Sanjay, though, I think Sanjay is a, a little different than Siwoo. I'm taking Sanjay here for a top five this week at plus 300. It's a short number. He's near the top of the board this week, but he's due for a title contention. The weight lifted from his shoulder. He was third place here four years ago. So he's played well on this golf course in the past. So I, I'm going to be pretty invested on Sunjay M this week from the top of the board.
2: Yeah, I probably, I mean, um, it was last week when you mentioned Siwoo. It was one of those ones where I didn't know how much to say and how not to say, mate. As you know, like the one thing I know about Siwoo he was coming off that massive win in the Asian Games, but he also loves Vegas. <laughs> and i and he may have been celebrating that win. Who knows? I wasn't there. I could be making. i sorry, see if you were in bed at eight o'clock every night and and uh, barely doing anything. But yeah, I there, he. I think he'll be better for the run. Like the next time he goes out, Siu Kim will be one to watch. Because again, that's when he will be really playing with the house money. Now you're right about Sung Kim. I think he's a bit more straight and narrow. He, he'll be he'll be someone to watch. I, the only reason I did not have him on my ticket this week is the number. Um, he and I'll talk about the other favorite Xander a little bit later but they're just starting a little too tight for me and i think they're wait and see options i think that you just wait for the first round uh before you decide on those two i honestly would not be surprised if they finished one two Xander and and, and uh sungjay i just am a uh, wait and see on those two personally so i'm gonna go to yeah one thing
1: i do want to point out benny don't wait too long to make your bets this week if you're someone who usually waits until say wednesday night you know i'll sit around Listen to the links and lock's best bets podcast for you know six or seven times do all my research and late wednesday night i'll I'll make my plays now remember this one's in Japan we've mentioned that a few times, but uh, tea time's not out as of the time we're recording, but I believe it's usually around eight or nine o'clock eastern time Wednesday night when this begins the opening round so again, don't wait too long you, you want to get your picks in by um earlier Wednesday than maybe some people sometimes do. All
2: right. uh, Let's see. Fifth hole. I'm going to go with a couple of somewhat conservative top 10 plays and cue cue the music. I'm going to give you two Aussies that I think are huge contenders this week. Um, I've put them in the top 10 for now because I don't want to be seen as biased, Um, but more and more I'm going to start to lean towards one of them because I can't believe the outsider of these two is actually Cam Davis I told you to stick away from him last week. His odds have gone out a little bit more. He's two ten for the for the the top ten. I think that that's uh, definitely doable. Uh, he is just going from strength to strength. Like last week, it hasn't nec- uh, the the course at Narasuna hasn't necessarily uh, been the greatest for Cam, but it's not because of any other reason. Uh, sorry, he's he's playing a lot better now than he was before, and I think he's now trending in the right direction. Um, and just having spoken to him and seen some of his interviews as well, I know he's in a good headspace. I know he's literally playing to win these things. He's not there trying to hone his game. He's not there. He's He doesn't need to play this. He's going to win it. That's why he wants to be there. He's not getting any sort of, you know, sponsor payout. He's not going to some do some special appearance. He's going to win. You know, like I, you know I love Miles. He's Adam Scott. He's got big... Props in Japan, hasn't played for forever. He goes there, he'll be there. I don't know how he's playing, but I know that he'll spend his time doing stuff for Uniqlo and whatever else. And, you know, like he's got other things to do. Not Cam Davis, he's going there to try to win. I think he's in great form. And the other one is a winner last week, Minwoo Lee, won on the Asian Tour. Uh, Again, we talked about uh, motivation. Well, he's won twice uh, on the DP World Tour, now he's won another Asian Tour event. He knows his next step is the PGA Tour. He sees this as an opportunity because, again, 70-whatever-man field uh, in the fall, and he's he's a little bit of a chip-on-his-shoulder guy. He wants to prove himself. He was top 10 at the Players and at the U.S. Open. Uh, I think this is a place where he can contend. Uh, And, yeah, I said conservatively I've got him in the top 10. I think that both of those two Australians can push towards victory.
1: So as we were about to hit the record button on this podcast, I said to you, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we had the same outright play this week, the same outright winner. I can tell you that while I really like Cam Davis, I really, really like Minwoo Lee. I'll tell you all about him later in the podcast. Hint, hint, everybody out there who's a regular listener and knows what that means. All right, let's get to the sixth all. I'll go with my top ten play. This is a guy that, quite honestly, I, I don't play him very often because I haven't been very impressed with many parts of his game, and I really haven't been... Impressed with how he appears on the golf course. He always just kind of has this dour expression and looks like a guy that's just not happy out there. That said, I was really, really impressed by what Cameron Champ said about himself last week. He was one off the lead. Remember, I I talked about him last week on the podcast for first round leader. I had a ticket. Yeah, he missed a seven footer for birdie on the 18th hole. And missed out. Bo Hostler got him by one. That hurts. That was so close. But he did have the second round lead, and uh, you don't get paid on a first round leader ticket if a guy has a second round lead. That said, I was really impressed with what he said in the aftermath. "Quote: I'm just in a way better headspace, feel more free spirited, just kind of loving myself out there, having fun, and enjoying all the ups and downs." To me, this is a massive difference for Cameron Champ than just watching him from the outside. I, I don't know him very well, I've spoken with him, I've interviewed him, but I don't know Champ very well, but he looks like a guy that is always playing with all the pressure of the world on his shoulders. Maybe it's the fact that he's won three times, he knows he can do it, and when he's not playing his best golf, he gets down on himself. But I, I'm sure he's working with some sort of sports psychologist or a mental guru who's gotten him through it and gotten him to this point. And it sounds like it's working. And so I think it's, it's a good thing for him to just say, I'm, I'm going to have fun and go play golf. I think it's going to be a massive difference in his game moving forward. We've seen that with Max Homa. We've seen that with Wyndham Clark. It would not surprise me if Cameron Champ takes the same steps on his journey to being a world-class player because we know he has that talent. Very long off the tee. Pretty good putter. Played well last week. Finished in 18th place after that hot start. I will take him for a top 10 in a shorter field this week at plus 425, which I I think Ben is a, it's a really nice number. And look, if you want to sprinkle an outright ticket, I certainly don't mind that because he's a guy that's shown when he's playing well, he's playing really, really well and has the talent to win at this level as he's done, like I said, three times in the past.
2: Yeah, man, I, I... Like, to be honest, he was one of the last guys to fall off my ticket. So uh, I am not going to disagree with you there. Um, all I was getting last week, I was watching him push forward after those two reds. I was getting the Luke List vibes. Like, you know, a guy who hadn't necessarily played well for a while, but when he gets in contention, had like his three wins, I think came at 200 plus to one all three times. Uh, and it was potentially trending towards that. Uh, I'll say this for, for you as well. Uh, Green's in regulation. He's 29th on tour so he can get it to the green more often than most people. As I said at the start, that's been a stat that's important at Narashino. His, his stroke scan approach has not been as high, but last week was de- decent, and I said if you marry that up with the form, I believe two top 10s in the event, but one of them might have been at Sherwood and one in Japan uh, previous. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, he was one of that just fell off mine, so uh, I'm going to run with you on that one. I think that's a good, good option. Uh, all right, seventh hole. Let's go a guy that I can, I've i been on pretty much every week on this podcast in some form or another. Last week, I jumped off him for a high finish, which I had him the week prior, and decided to go in the first round leader. He did not do it. He was very average in the first round. Uh, wasn't my man. But he did finish in the top five, which I had him for the other previous weeks that he didn't necessarily get there. And that's Eric Cole. I think Eric Cole is just playing with house money. He's going to be the rookie of the year by a long way. I think he'll continue that form. He He's not a burnout type of guy Uh, he's uh, trying to bring up the stats here where he's been going well, but like, he just, just to me, I just, I think that, I think you mentioned it last week. It's his rookie season, but he's an old dude. He's an old head. And he's not letting any of this go to waste. He's just like, I don't care if I play every week forever. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on the PGA tour. I don't know how many signature events I'm going to be in, in the, in the future. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to absolutely make the most of everything I can get. I think he's, here we go, 19th in strokes going to approach on tour and 39th tee to green. That's enough for me to think he can keep this going. Uh, top five, Eric Cole, and he's plus 650 for that this week.
1: Yeah, I, I love everything about the way that Eric Cole plays. He he didn't make my list this week, but not because I don't think he can get it done. He was he's playing really consistent, high-level golf, which I, I think is just very impressive. I said it many times. He plays like a 35-year-old rookie on the PGA Tour. That's the best way I can put it. That's what he is. A lot of the guys who are rookies on the PGA Tour are 26 years old. I'll be out here for a long time, getting my feet wet and working my way through it. He's like, man, I'm 35. Let's step on the gas pedal. I don't have that much time. Make some serious money. And that's what he's doing right now. So I, I love that about him. Uh, let's move forward to hole number eight. And if I hadn't interviewed this player on my XM PGA Tour radio show about two weeks ago, I would not have made this play. But the player's Hayden Buckley. He hasn't shown a whole lot lately. Had some injuries, changed some equipment out of his bag during the small offseason, but came back and in two starts, he's missed a cut, finished in 64th place last week. So nothing really that sticks out about Hayden Buckley other than the fact that while myself and Michael Collins were interviewing him on our radio show, he unprompted brought up that he can't wait for the Zozo Championship. I think we... Asked him something about, like, hey, if you win this week, you take the rest of the fall off. He goes, yeah, dude, I'm not playing at all. And then he stops himself. He says, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm definitely playing the Zozo. I love it there. I love the course. I love the country. And so I'm basically taking a shot on Hayden Buckley this week for exactly what you said at the beginning of the podcast, Ben. Strokes gain motivation. If he likes it, then I like him. And so. I don't know the stats. I don't know the recent form. Really proves anything about Hayden Buckley, but just the fact that he's excited to go over there and he really is looking forward to this week. uh, That's good enough for me to take him for a top twenty at plus two sixty, which again feels like a pretty good number. Yeah, right. I mean,
2: you know better than me because as I said, you spoke to him, so I'm prepared to run with you there. But I'll close out the front nine here with a top ten play for you, top twenty play of my own. Uh, and I'm I'm going to butcher this for sure, but I'm going to do my best. You had Rio Ishikawa, as did I. But what about Rio Hitsatsuni or Hitsatsuni? Now, look, he was twelfth at Zozo last year as one of the locals. Japanese tour doing pretty good. He's I think around about a hundredth in the world rankings at the moment. But he just recently won the French Open or the Kazoo Open of France or whatever it was on the DP World Tour not that long no. ago uh obviously in some form right now and you can get him at plus money plus 190 ish or 200 for a top 20 at a place where he's already proven a top 20 uh and and he's already he's, he's had a couple of tour starts i believe and he, he i can't remember off the top of my head where it was but i think he had another top 20 uh, somewhere prior as well uh that's one option the other one is a guy that's a veteran recently come into a bit of form plus 140 for this man uh I swear I thought I heard you say his name as we were leading into the Ryder Cup, a guy that wasn't going to make it but would have been spurred on by what went on there. And that is the veteran Alex Norrin. He was back at the point in last week. T3 finish, comes at a great time. He was T18 and T17 at the previous Zozo appearances. And I think he can make it a third top 20 in the event. Uh, he's got, as I said, that plus one... What am I going to Plus... Plus one forty, I think, around about there for Alex Noren. So, Hit Satsuni and Noren as your top twenty plays.
1: Hey, how about a a Rio parlay this week? Yes, I like it. twenty forty. <laughs> His name is Rio, and he dances in the sand. Hopefully, our our Rios will stay out of the sand this week. Ishikawa and Hisatsune. Before we get to the back nine, one more reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is presented. Buy Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 or older only, must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we made it to the back nine. As usual, I will start with my first-round leader play. It happens to be a name that, Ben, you have mentioned already, and just as we saw the defending champion break through and have some success once again last week. I'm going to the defending champion this week as well. We like Keegan for an outright play. At least you do this week. I, I often like Keegan Bradley for a first-round play. He's a, a guy that traditionally has cashed a few times in this marketplace and a guy that tends to play some of his best golf on Thursdays. I will take him at 28-1. to 1 And again, that revenge narrative is very, very apparent, I think, this week. He's a guy that can certainly and should certainly show some people, hey, you know what? Ryder Cup maybe could have been a little bit different if you had included me. Just saying. So I'm not fully there on the back-to-back, back-to-back champion, so to speak, with the defending champion winning a second week in a row. But I do want a little Keegan investment. And first-round investments on Keegan are usually where I like to go with that. Well, Mike
2: Keegan has to join, like as you said, Tom Kim, who won the same event in the same season twice. I believe Byron Nelson might have been the only other person to ever have done that before in some random twist of it. Yeah, by the um, way, uh,
1: how did that even happen? <laughs> 1944, San Francisco Open. Like, what was going on there? Like, how, how did that even work?
2: I don't know. But that could have been – you know what? Remember there was a couple of years – there was that time with the PGA Championship went from late in the year to early in the year. Um, like it was a November and then a February. So maybe it was something like that. I don't know. but uh, yeah.
1: I, I'm just guessing. I, I mean, they, they traveled by train, by car back then, maybe. yeah. I, I don't know. They didn't have anywhere else to go, so they just did the San Francisco Open on back-to-back weeks, and <laughs> Byron Nelson was winning everything back then. So I, I don't know. My fact-checking only went back to 1946. Uh, I I... <laughs> believe that tom kim was the first one ever to win the same event twice in the same season i i guess i should have gone back in the in the annals in the record books a little bit earlier
2: uh good stuff well, maybe keegan can get it going again so we've got another anomaly and not leave tom kim as as the only trivia question in the future but uh all right first round leader uh, uh these are so hard like I, honestly it's usually usually it's a lottery ticket and even in a short field but uh, I'm using it, I'm going back to the old faithful of, of playing the, the outright favourite in this uh, because I don't like his outright number and that's Andrew Is what is he, 650 or something to win this tournament? It's way too low for me to, to entertain before a ball is hit in anger. But at 16, first round leader, I'm prepared to sort of say, okay, go in on that. If he gets the hot start and you cash it, great. And then hopefully he holds on and you've already won so you don't have to worry about it all. Or if he doesn't necessarily start uh, super hot, you, you might not get him at sixteen with three rounds to go if he's only two back, but you might still get him at the six hundred and fifty or eight hundred or ten hundred. You know, you might get it at a thousand or twelve hundred. So to me, uh, if you're really gung ho on Xander, rather than throw it all in at six hundred and fifty, put a little sprinkle in the first round and then get ready to jump on after uh, round after round one. Look, if if he goes out and shoots lights out and and, and leads, you've you've cashed. And even though his number will come in from 650 to 300, you'll already be sweat, uh, sweet. So uh, that's the way I look at it. Um, and, again, I, I just uh, – Xander is coming off the Ryder Cup. He may have something that he wants to prove. But he also goes there for a bit of a holiday. He, you know, he's family. He enjoys himself. And I don't know how – he wants to win. They all want to win. But I don't know if there's that little edge of motivation he may not have uh, when he kicks this thing off. Uh, that, that Just that 650, I just can't. I can't get my head around it, even though I think he's a a great chance to win.
1: So I mentioned that last week, Cameron Champ was one of my two first round leader plays. Garrick Higo, the other one, he was not close. Champ got very close. I was playing in a member guest last week, playing with a buddy who knows golf very well, works in the golf industry, but he's not much of a gambler. And so I'm sitting there during our Thursday practice round in the, the late afternoon and I'm like, hey, Cameron Champ got a first round leader investment on Champ this week and Giving him some updates and, well, as I mentioned earlier, he he didn't quite come through. Finished up one shot short on Thursday and the next day we're playing in the member guest and we're playing a match and he looks at his phone, looks at the leaderboard, he goes, ah, how about that? Cameron Champ, top of the leaderboard. I was like, yeah, that's that's not how it works. First round leader bets don't pay on Friday, sorry. Um, We had a good sweat going Thursday, but... Uh, We didn't get it Friday. So uh, let's get back to hole number 12. This is sort of an even matchup here, but just a guy that I tend to like a little bit more this week. Thomas Dietrich, who consistently is a very good ball striker. If anything, he's had bad luck throughout his career. I think nine top three finishes on the DP World Tour. He's got a couple on the PGA Tour already, but uh, he's he's never won on either of those tours yet. I do think it's going to happen at some point. not going to go all in this week, but... He's matched up at Bet365 against Vincent Norman, who's been terrific. Young player, rookie on the PGA Tour. He won on the PGA Tour earlier this summer and then went and won on the DP World Tour at the Irish Open, which had a bunch of big-time stars playing in it. So this guy has had himself a year. But if you look, there's a high ceiling there, obviously, but a bit of a lower floor from Norman. And so I don't mind taking a player against him in what is essentially a dead heat matchup. I I, I like Dietrich here at minus minus one ten over Vincent Norman, not a massive play by any means, but I do think there's a little bit of an edge for Dietrich.
2: Yeah. Vincent Norman was on my initial notes because he's 15th in greens and regulation, but outside 90th in approach. So I don't know how those two correlate why one's good and one's not, uh, but yeah. Uh, fell off uh, because of that. So I don't have much detailed information for you, but um, you've done the research, so I'll roll with you. And as, as I said, there wasn't enough good from Vincent Norman to keep him on my card. So uh, I can see that. Now I'm going to go to bet 365 as well for my next hole. Uh, last week, we we hit that very... It's the minus 120 player finishing markets. Uh, I, I said that JT Poston was basically a lock in where he was, basically top 38 or better, I think it was for him. He did that easy, probably... You could make an argument. Should have won the tournament. Uh, Had a disastrous eight on that 16th hole. What was it on? Was it Saturday? Yeah,
1: went 8-3 on 16, the two weekend rounds. Should
2: never happen on that hole. Um, You know, he'll be kicking himself for a while because he should have been right up there with with a chance to win that tournament. Um, Again, now I'm looking for... They're a bit more stingy this week with the short field. Bet 365 on how high players need to finish. Uh, But I found one that I'm going to go a little bit on reputation rather than form. Missed the cut last week and has not played as well in the last year. But Tom Hoagie is still ninth on tour in strokes gained approach. He was in the top 10 at Zozo a year ago. He has to be better than 33rd. 33rd or better uh, in that minus 120 market. I'm going to take a punt on him being the bank builder this week.
1: I've got two buys in the player finishing position market, and one of them is exactly the man you just said. Exactly the number you just said. Tom Hoagie, 33 or better. I'll make that my 14th hole because you make a lot of good points there. Look, Hoagie played decently last week, and he had a good first round. Didn't have a great second round. Thursday, ball striking was solid. Friday, it wasn't. All of a sudden, in Vegas, if you don't post two Good scores, you're you're going home Friday evening. That's that's what happened. But I, look, I'm not taking away those recent hoagie ball striking trends just because he had one somewhat average round on a Friday. That's just not that big of a deal. That's more of an outlier than anything else. So I'm not going to dwell on that. If you're essentially looking for him to finish in the top what 35, 40 percent of this field, I think that's an easy win for hoagie at minus 120. He's played some good golf lately it has been in the top 10 here in the past. So 33rd or better on Hoagie. Love that one completely.
2: All right, so now let's see. I've got to go to my 15th hole, my man. I haven't done my long shot. I usually do him at the start. I haven't got him. I have pushed him all the way to the end because we found some players we we also had each. And uh, you're not quite as long as your long shot. But I have seen him as high as 130 to one. Now, this player a year ago, At Sanderson Farms, Shrine Zozo went T9, T2, T9. So T9 at Zozo. The result in Japan was the last individual top 10 he's had this season. He did have a T4 at the Team Zurich Classic in New Orleans. Now this year, not as good, but T25 and T42 the last two weeks, again, not as good as last year, but they're starting to show signs of life. At a third round, 65 last week, and at 130 to 1, might be worth a nibble as he sits, 25th on Touring Greens in Reg, and a reasonable 53rd in strokes gained approach, and that's Matt Neismith. Matt Neesmith for me is a potential, you know, as it goes. Look, look, is he gonna win this tournament? It'd be it'd be a long shot for sure. it would be strange to see, but you could sprinkle a few a few units there at that 130 to one and maybe look at him in those top 40s and top 20s, etc., because his game should translate well there. It did last year. I know he's not quite in the same form, but he'd be hoping to return there and sneak one in there. So that's my long shot this week, Matt Neesmith.
1: You know, Neesmith, Ben, was on my short list of breakthrough potential players for this season. It never really quite happened for him. I, I'm not sure why, but the iron play hasn't been as good. Uh, we talked about Tom Hoagie's very much, I, I don't want to say Tom Hoagie light, but at least Tom Hoagie-esque. And, you know, just kind of the best part of his game is the iron play. And if you drive it pretty good and you chip and but pretty good. And the iron play is really good. You, you can go out there and contend for some golf tournaments. So I do think that at some point when Neesmith is hitting his irons as well as he can hit them, that he's a guy that's going to have some more big finishes on the PGA tour. I'm going to go to the 16th hole. Now my other player finishing position bet in that market. And that's a guy that I had at the top of my list last week. Eh, there's a lot of disappointment in the Sobel household because we were all over Adam Shank, and it didn't happen for him. Spoiler alert, Adam Shank did not cash outright tickets last week. I apologize to everybody for that. But you go back and look at the numbers, and sort of the inversion of Tom Hoagie. First round, not great. Made five birdies, but made six bogeys, which can't do that in Vegas again. It's just, do that in the U.S. Open, you're in seventh place. You do that at Las Vegas, you're probably missing the cut. And so the next day, actually, ball striking was fantastic. Shot a 68. He just put himself behind the eight ball a little bit too much. But again, very much like Hoagie, I'm not too worried about the outlier round. He's been playing good golf. He's trending in the right direction. I think that's all good things for Adam Shank. And so for a guy that, like I said, is trending the right way, again, need him in the top 35%. 27th or better this week in the player finishing position market. Minus 120, yep, absolutely. I'll take some more shank this week.
2: Yeah, I, I have a feeling that I'll be rueing that I didn't go back to him after being burned, as I said. But you're right, I probably should look deeper into what he did do rather than what he didn't do in Vegas. Um, you just can't it's, – it's foot on the gas there, isn't it? Like, you can actually sit there and work out – who's in contention as each round goes by, by where they need to be. Uh, you average them out about five under a round, right? So if you start at two under, you're going to need to get just, you know, five, six, seven, eight under a round to get to ten under through two or somewhere close to that and then so on and so on. So you know who's in contention. Even with a low round in the final round, we saw uh, Aubert go super low, but it wasn't enough because he hadn't kept pace earlier. So uh, Schenck maybe someone to go back to. I probably should have. I do that too often. I think we all do that too often, don't we? We, we, we get on a guy, we find a reason we like him, and then one, one little off week and all of a sudden we throw him out, maybe in the bathwater. I probably have been a, a victim of that this week. And so I hope for your sake he gets up, even though I'll be annoyed when he does in that finishing market because I didn't get on him myself. Um, all right, 17th hole. Now, <laughs> this was my top guy. Uh, I'm going to stay with it, even though I'm slowly talking myself around a bit more to Cam Davis because the odds are better. As we go, but I'm watching this player closely. He's not the greatest odds at 16 to one, but hey, Tom Kim was 11 to one last week and got the job done. Uh, this is another player that was in Rome but was terrible. Reportedly, was one of the sickest of the U.S. team that was struggling with whatever you want to call it, flu-like symptoms, etc. Uh, but I think that is actually going to get him fired up, uh, and that is Ricky Fowler. Look, I think he's burning from that, and I think he's also burning from having the 54-hole lead a year ago in Japan and letting that slip. Uh look, I mentioned earlier that most of the players that had won, albeit a small sample size, is at a top ten in Japan before winning it. Obviously runner up is a top ten. Uh, I think I can see history repeating itself as I said with both Bradley and Fowler up there in the top. Ricky Fowler is also sixth on tour in strokes gained approach, tenth strokes Scan T to Green has had a decent season. And with the family connections there, I know he desperately would love to win that event as well. So I just I, I like all the things, Ricky. Uh, hopefully, I haven't obviously seen him since the Ryder Cup so don't know uh, how well he's feeling etc but you would assume that if it was just a little cold or head cold he'd be well over that by now so we go with Ricky to get some revenge in Japan.
1: Alright I'm just going slightly further down the odds board this week with a guy that I gave a not so subtle hint that I was going to play earlier talk about this being motivation season Ben you said it at the beginning of the podcast strokes gain motivation who are the guys that really want to go out there and win this golf tournament? I think that's my guy this week. Min Woo Lee, who's been on a tear this year. When he's playing his best golf, he can beat some of the best players in the world. Over the last two years, he's got finishes of 21st or better in each of the four major championships. This is a guy that is coming. I'm telling you. I mean, we talk about Ludwig Obert. We talk about Tom Kim, Sahith Figala, who's in the field this week, they're all coming. Minwoo Lee is absolutely coming. He's going to be a top 20 player in the world very soon, if not much higher on the world ranking than that. Fresh off winning the SJM Macau Open on the Asian Tour this past week, I'm not really sure why he's playing the Macau Open. But I do know that he shot 62, 65, 64, 63. I I don't care where you are in the world. Those are some really good scores. So he obviously has some momentum coming into this one. Plenty of motivation to go out and win a PGA Tour event for the first time. He's really good tee to green, as we mentioned. All three previous winners of this event in Japan. All fantastic ball strikers. So I like everything about Minwoo this week. You can find him at... Well, he opened at 22 to 1 in some books. He's 20 to 1 in some right now, 18 to 1 in others. But I still think that's a, a pretty good number on a guy that, like I said, he's motivated and he loves to go after some of these big names. He's a big game hunter.
2: Yeah, man. Obviously, being a fellow Aussie, I have a little bit of an insight on this young gentleman. And I can tell you what I, what I can tell you about Min Wu is. He has a serious chip on his shoulder when it comes to being one of the best in world golf, and a lot of it comes from honestly. If you didn't know this already, his sister is a major winner, uh, Minji Lee, on the LPGA tour. She's she's won a major already, and he, you know, it he, he won't admit it. And they're all they're very buddy buddy, of course. But he wants his own name out there. He doesn't want to be known as the brother of a major winner. He wants to be a major winner himself. A- and he was a, a stud going through the juniors. He won the U.S. Uh, junior. So did his sister. The, the only brother-sister combination that has done that, the US, the US Junior M. Uh, he's been on the radar for a long time. Uh, you're right. The reason he, st- he he loves the challenge, he's kind of like a mini Cam Smith in that way. Like the, the harder it is, the more engaged he gets. Uh, and uh, he's starting to mature in that though. And that, honestly, the, the win last week in Asia shows me that maturity as well. He maybe in some other times wouldn't have got up for, for an event that wasn't necessarily the players or the US Open or or you know something on the PGA tour. He's now learned to harness that. He is getting better and better in those in those chaotic moments. He learned a bucket loads at the players' championship when he was pushing Scottish Sheffield. People don't realize he made a run on Sunday early, you know, or in that final round, got close within a shot or even maybe even tied while Sheffield was playing behind and things or 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 whatever it was. Um and then just got a little too amped, just got a little too much. And that's young players do that, but he took away from that plenty that he's learned. And, uh, I think the more and more he gets in contention there, the more you'll see him, uh, put those, uh, put that education into practice. Uh, and yes, I do expect he'll win on the PGA tour, uh, sometime soon. And why not this week?
1: Yeah, I think so as well. He's certainly, like I said, on the right track to superstar him, Has a lot of fans already he's got, is great on social media. He's got a cool stash. He's got a cool name. I like everything about Minwoo Lee. That two iron stinger off the tee. He'll hit that at least a couple times at Narashino this week. With this week, which uh, we all love to see as well.
2: Doesn't he look like a like a Bond villain sometimes with that little stash? It like it cracks me up. I love it. Um, and look, honestly, that was one thing I, we probably talked about it during the year too. In that, but uh, during the plays, he knew that Scotty Scheffler was the local hero and was the guy that you know if nothing else, the Americans and the crowd were probably um, cheerful. But he also knew that Scotty Scheffler doesn't really get very fired up and is very, like, low-key and doesn't entertain the crowd. So he took it upon himself to rev the crowd up, to high-five them, to give whatever else, to fist pump, literally to steal the crowd. This is a young guy who's savvy enough to do that. He's going places. I love that. And, and, you know, that's something that we'll, we'll all love to see in the future.
1: Hey, maybe we'll see a Tom Kim Minwoo Lee pairing at Royal Montreal for the president's cup a year from now. How about that one, Ben? Yeah. Two really good young players, both on the right track. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to this edition of the links and locks best bets podcast presented by bet three, six, five. Remember you can find us every single week during the entire PGA tour season, download, subscribe, rate, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcast. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your plays for this week's Zozo Championship. Here's open you hit the green.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.